Why do you love it so much? I think if you own your own business, you have to be prepared to take risks. Being a woman doesn't hold you back from achieving success. Yep, so if you're struggling, just stop and pause and, and really reflect on why am I struggling here. But I've also worked really hard and telling me it's luck, I think, just takes away some of that recognition of the hard work. One last question. Welcome to Tea with the Queen, a show where I talk with some of my favourite go-getters, inspiring and courageous women in leadership and business. I'm your host, Emma McQueen. I'm a business coach, executive coach, author and speaker. And for 20 years, I've been working with women to unlock their potential and get paid their worth while doing work they love. Today is a story of someone who saw a gaping hole in the market and started a business to fill that gap. Jordan Evans wasn't happy with the unnecessary sugars, preservatives and other nasties that are typically found in the spices and other recipe bases on the supermarket shelves. Why, she thought, weren't there any natural clean seasonings? So, you guessed it, she started her own business. It's called Mingle Seasoning and it offers simple, natural, all-purpose flavourings like garlic and herb and Moroccan. Jordan started it as a side hustle five years ago in her parents' kitchen when she was just 24 years old. Today, Mingle is a multi-million dollar business and can be found in more than 2,000 stockists across Australia, including Coles and Woolworths. Her rise has been eye-watering, but as you'll hear, it is only just the beginning. Thank you so much for joining us, Jordan. I am very excited to have you on our podcast because I am a mingler. I don't know if that's what your community is called, but anyway, I'm a mingler. But tell me, let's kick off with when and how did Mingle Seasoning start? Great question, Emma, and thank you so much for having me on this podcast. So when did Mingle start? Mingle started five years ago. I was at the time a marketing manager for a drinks company called Cappy Sparkling. And I had an entrepreneurial itch. So I grew up in small business. Dad was a plumber and owned his own business. And my grandpa was also a plumber. So small business was in my blood. And I just honestly was looking for an idea to take the step outside of, I wouldn't say Cappy was a corporate job. It certainly was still, I learned everything that I know and I've applied to Mingle, I learned from from Cappy. So, but I was ready. I was ready to embark on, yeah, the next journey. And it started in my kitchen on a Sunday afternoon. I was cooking and I was one of those meal preppers back in the day. Okay. <laughs> um, so I had my, my containers out. I had my chicken there. I had my veggies. And because of my experience at Cappy, so Cappy is an all-natural drink company. And I discovered, excuse my language, how much crap was in drinks and food. And so I just became more of a conscious consumer and started to read labels. And this particular Sunday went to grab my seasoning. And I loved a seasoning because all the spices were blended together and you just simply had to shake the seasoning onto your protein and onto your veg. But yeah, often we take on the behaviors with eating in particular from our parents. And so I just grew up with this particular seasoning brand. I loved 
my Moroccan seasoning. But then that day I discovered that there was a whole range of ingredients in that Moroccan seasoning that I was like, I just was like, these ingredients aren't necessary to achieve great flavor. So this Moroccan seasoning had chicken flavor in it. It had sugar. It had different flowers. And I think coming from, I guess, a drinks production background, I, I started to be like, but why is flour in it? And there are certain ingredients that are cheap ingredients that help bulk up a seasoning blend. And so it was at that point where I was like, surely there's a better for you brand out in the supermarket. Went down to the supermarket and discovered there wasn't. And then as a young millennial customer myself, I love color. I love personality. I love tone of voice. And there was no brand that spoke to me. There was no brand that inspired me to cook. And the the category lacked innovation. Yes. Th- those that have been around forever almost, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, 50 plus years. And they've served a purpose in people's pantry, but it was time to um, shake things up. And so I am kind of an all or nothing person. Mm-hmm. Getting that impression. <laughs> Tried the side hustle for a little bit and had a very supportive boss. But sooner rather than later, I was like, I'm, I've got to give this a good hard crack. I was in a quarter life crisis. I broke up with my boyfriend of six years. I moved back home, <laughs> sold my car. Wow. And was just like, I don't want to have regrets. Yeah. And decided to, at the start, Mingle was just an e-commerce store. So I didn't have a lot of money. I knew the kind of budgets that big FMCG, so FMCG being fast moving consumer goods, I I knew the big budgets that these big players had and I knew that I had to do it differently. So I knew I had to build a relationship directly with my customer. E-commerce was a space where they, these, I guess, big guys were not winning. And I also knew I had to test it. So I had to see if customers actually wanted better for you flavor and much to my surprise, not really. I'm delight <laughs> by the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of backed myself and it was yeah. nice. It was nice to be validated and for customers to be really passionate about it. And it's funny that you say you're a mingler because that's exactly what I was trying to set out to achieve. I wanted people to be part of the brand. I wanted to build a community and I wanted people to get excited and be like, hey, this is the product that I use. Uh, yeah. And let me be clear. When I say I'm a mingler, I buy the product because I don't do the cooking. My husband does the cooking, but he's also loving it too. So it's win-win. <laughs> that, is, that is a win-win. And we have on the packet, we're here to make you look good. So whether it's your hubby or yourself, we actually are here to make you look good. Well, we love it. So thank you for bringing the brand to life. It's amazing. It's really hard to find healthy ingredients, isn't it? Tell us about that. Yeah. So I guess, as I shared, becoming more of a conscious consumer and, and reading on the back of the of labels what was what was in food. Um, yeah, I just started to discover how many um, manufacturers compromise their ingredients. The question I asked myself was, is this necessary? So for me, sugar in seasonings is not necessary. Flour in seasonings is not necessary. And there were just certain ingredients where I was like, there's no functional purpose for these products. And ultimately, it's about education. It's about educating the consumer to understand how to read their labels because the food manufacturers aren't going to do it for you. Yeah. I mean, I've in recent years gone to the – I'm a simple chick, right? So I've just gone to 
if I can't say it out loud, it's probably not great for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good or like the numbers thing is another yes. one. If it's got numbers, you know. Don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. So where do you find the ingredients for Mingle and how do you put it all together? Yeah, so I wish I could say it's rocket science. I mean, now we're developing a few more technical products and we've gone into sources. Which, by the way, we're very excited about trying. I haven't managed to get my mitts on any yet, but we, we need good tomato sauce. Emma, I have to, I'll send you some okay. for you to try it. <laughs> but yeah, basically we uh, use a Melbourne-based supplier who sources all of our spices. Most of the spices are imported. So commercial spices are predominantly grown in more humid climates, but we blend it all in Melbourne so all the spices come together and then we also fill it in Melbourne. And um, at the moment we use a manufacturing facility that hires people with disabilities. Um, so that's, that's also something I'm really passionate about and, and supporting that workforce as well. Do you know what? I love that. I love the fact that you're brand new on the scene, you know, like five years-ish, and you're already making an impact. There is a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs I meet and a lot of small business owners who are like, yeah, I'll make an impact when I make this much money or I'll leave a legacy when I've made this much money, you know, like, and so for you to weave it in so early, brilliant. Oh, thank you. I think there's still a bit to do. I think at the moment sustainability is a big one for us and looking into those new forms of packaging I'm very happy about this. Yeah, (laughs) my my team are incredible. Um, Adam and Emma, who head up the new product development, have spent a lot of time. We're now, um, in terms of carbon offset, we're neutral as a business, which is, yeah, something super cool. cool. And then obviously working with natural ingredients, it's a whole different ballgame with packaging. So we're trying to remain to have product integrity and also packaging integrity because that, that is the future being more of a conscious consumer with um, the impact you have on the environment. Yes, I'm so glad that you're there. So are you very hands-on now? So you started in the kitchen and you, you know, made your concoctions and stuff. Do you still get hands-on with it? With the product, not as much. So yes, I started off Breaking Bad style in my kitchen, blending my spices. No joke, my neighbours thought I was trafficking drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's garlic powder (laughs) Uh, (laughs) with my mask on. I, yeah, back in the day, my mum was also a massive contributor and trooper and helped me blend all the spices. These days I have two incredible business partners and also a food technologist that started off as an intern. Now she's a full-time employee. And so Emma, the food technologist and my business partner, Adam, head up the the product team. And I rock up, which is the best part of my job. I rock up and taste all the food. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. So um, we have huge cookups. Food is obviously still, yeah, it's just a a big part of our business and coming together and and cooking is, I'd say, the best part of our jobs. I love that. And so what kind of products do you have and how many do you have now? Oh, so we have three different ranges. So we started off with the seasonings. Um, so they're spices blended and they're bottled. They're bottled in bottles. They're filled in <laughs> bottles. Yep. <laughs> and so you simply shake those blends on protein and vegetables and it's barbie season coming up. So great for a barbecue. We have, I think, about 10 different shakers. If I look up, I can remember. We have about 10 different shakers uh, with our seasonings. Then we have our sachets. 
Um, so they're spices blended in packets. And the intention of those products was, yeah, the recipe, they're called recipe bases. I grew up eating, I'm going to say the brand Maggi sachets, the Maggi satay. That's, you know, mum was quite a simple cook. And yeah, I, I could see a gap in that category to provide a better for you option. And we have about 10 flavors within that range and dinner's whipped up in 30 minutes. It's one pan, super easy. Yes, which we love. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm interested to know what your um, all-time favorite mingle flavor is. Oh, yeah. Let me think about that while you answer my questions. <laughs> <laughs> or your husband's. Yes. Um, and last but not least, we recently launched a healthy range of sauces. So we discovered that there was a whole lot of sugar in sauces and, yeah, have developed a better for you tomato sauce, sweet chili sauce and barbecue sauce with less than one gram of sugar um, and they still taste great. So going into a whole new category outside of seasonings was a little bit daunting, but, um, yeah, our customers are loving them. Yeah. Like I said, I can't wait to get my hands on the tomato sauce. We, my husband and my daughter eat tomato sauce on everything and it always kills me a little bit because I, the sugar. Yeah. And I said to my husband that I mingle, make tomato sauce. Let's get some. And he's like, have you seen it? I'm like, no, he also does the shopping. So, you know, anyway. um, No, I'll hook you up, but it is available at Woolies. Yes. Well, that's my next question. A few years ago, you got to, you had a massive win. And you managed to get your products on the shelves of Coles and Woolings. Congratulations. I know how hard that is to do and what that also means. But how did you manage to do it? Um, A lot of persistence. So we recently secured the deal with Woolworths and that was a three-year deal in the making. So I originally pitched to the buyer three years ago and got a no. And Woolworths HQ's up in Sydney. So as a poor business owner, to spend $1,000 on a flight, yes. to be told a no, it hurt. <laughs> uh, and then to do it multiple times, yeah, it certainly, um, in hindsight, I'm like, why did I keep going? But I did. And eventually I secured 20 Woolworths stores. So Woolworths and Coles, they have a local strategy where they allow small suppliers to try and, you know, test their product in a smaller format. The condition, though, was that we had to deliver direct to store. And so when I sold my car, I eventually bought a van and I, on the weekends, for a very long time, and my team also, delivered direct to store. We hardly made any money with those 20 stores. If you were looking at it as a business plan, we didn't make money and it was not efficient with our time, but it was with the intention of a, of a greater plan to get into a thousand stores. And so this year, the buyer was like, Jordan, it's time to give you a chance. I can see what Mingle's you know, offering. I can see how engaged your customers are and yeah, the win was certainly sweeter because I had to work bloody hard for it. Yeah. Um, Do you know what? It's so funny to me because when I heard you're in Coles and Woolworths in small quantities, I'm like, that's painful. I know what that feels like. That's super painful because people go, oh, you're in Coles and Woolworths. You must be making a fortune. Nah, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. a whole new world, right? A whole new world. And 
It's payment terms, it's buying stock up front, it's the fear and anxiety of what if it doesn't sell off the shelf. It's, okay, we got it on the shelf, but now we have to invest in marketing. Well, how much money do we have to invest in marketing? How can we be savvy with, you know, like lots of different social media strategies? I feel like only half the work is done and now it's how does Mingle remain on the shelf and not be a one-hit wonder, which is really still a fear of mine. Like I I want Mingle to be out in market for 20 plus years and um, have longevity. So we've got to get more customers consuming the product and for Mingle to just be part of people's lifestyles that they just don't think twice. They're a Mingler. They choose Mingle. Like the seasoning brands that we grew up with. Yeah, exactly. But without brown lids. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, awesome. So that the Woolworths and Coles thing, was probably a game changer, but more of a game changer when they went, all right, we're going to actually give you a decent crack. And was that more of a game changer and how did that pan out? What did you have to do? Because if you're you're supplying to local stores, 20, not bad, <laughs> but national. Yeah, it certainly was a game changer. And I think because we grew quite steadily, I think business is just about great quality relationships. And so Firstly, on a personal note, it was it was a game changer. It gave me the confidence to back my dreams. Sometimes I think you go through this journey as a business owner and you think you're a bit crazy. You're like, who am I to have this dream? So in reality, it affirmed that. And then secondly, our suppliers were so supportive. And I think people also want to back the underdog. And so the first purchase orders for Woolworths were incredibly big from a cash flow perspective, from the amount of stock. And so payment terms really are fundamental with a business. It can make or break you, especially with the retailers. And so our suppliers were incredibly supportive and extended our payment terms so that we didn't have to get a loan. Because also, yeah, with a startup, when you secure something like that, you go, do we raise funds? It would have been difficult to get a bank loan. Also time and we were lucky, based on our suppliers that we um, we could make it work. And then I hadn't paid myself a salary for three years and I've been poor for quite a while. Yeah, but you have bootstrapping and, your own business, of course. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I by no means I'm, I'm still paying off debt, but it was just the scarcity mindset. It was so nice to just breathe for a second and be like, right now we're not going to die. I think a business, uh, like it's a a startup business owner's fear of when everything's going to fall at one point. And like what I said, there's so much work that still needs to be done, but it was just, it was a big milestone to just take a moment to breathe. Well, yeah. I mean, you're now in 2000 stockists in the country. Like that's amazing. Yeah. And you've already kind of said, you know, it's kind of a dream, but do you kind of kick yourself and go, Let's hold this together. Let's hold this together. <laughs> uh, yes, we actually had a team meeting about that today. Yeah, I have an incredible team and we're, we've got each other's backs and we're committed to making this work. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. So I don't see myself as successful. I think, like what I said, my mission is bigger than just securing the contract. It's about Mingle having longevity. So as much as I'm a little bit tired... And right now I am, I'm certainly dealing with burnout. I, I know there's a whole nother marathon to happen. The one thing though that my dad did teach me was to stop and smell the roses across the journey. 
I think I can't wait until I'm like, what is the finish line? You can't wait until you cross the finish line to then enjoy. And I, I've realized, yeah, I need to stop and pop a bottle of champagne, you know, sometimes and yeah, relish in the, the small and the big wins. Yeah. And I think that lots of business owners don't do that. I think they go, I'll do it when I get here or I'll do it when I and I often think well unless you actually do it and actually have some milestones you know like for me when I first started my business like I'll celebrate when I get my first client which I did you know and then you have different milestones depending on what your plan is so for you Woolies or Coles great even if it's only little and then it gets bigger but it can feel like you're on 24 7 as a business owner and it's a total trap people fall into because what I see is business owners push themselves so hard that there's not time for anything else and that's no way to live either right no that's happened to me multiple times in in my business journey and I think sometimes a a health scare or a death or COVID makes you just reset and go hang on a second despite me being super ambitious and despite the dreams that I have like just stop for a moment and also relish in your relationships and the things that also mean a lot to me yeah, yeah. Your grandma, she's part of the Mingle story. I love this. I love it. Um, can you share with us the influence she had or still has on you with what yeah. you do? Yeah. So I guess based on just what I shared around, sometimes it takes a moment for you to just pause. So a few years ago, I was incredibly burnt out, which I think I'm It's a bit of a cycle for me, which there's a theme going on here. (laughs) There is a theme, and I'm certainly working on it. I might need some coaching around it, actually. (laughs) We can sort Uh, that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And my Emma, who is now head of operations, was an intern at the time. She came into the office with this beautiful cookbook called Nonna to Nana, and she said, "Hey, George, George, we should do this marketing campaign of Have You Called Your Nana." And I said, what a great idea, Em, but I haven't spoken to Nan in six months because I'm too busy. And I think that busy title, I know for myself, I often wore it like a badge of honour. Yeah, we all do. We, Yeah, and I have to check myself constantly with that. And she, she said, well, pick up the phone and speak to your Nan and you invite her over for dinner. And I am so grateful that Em asked me to do that. And it's something that still bonds us so tightly together because we're so connected to the Mingle, like Mingle's mission, which is to use food as a vehicle to make people more confident and connected. And it was influenced by what happened because two weeks after that dinner, my, my nan passed away from a sudden heart attack. And I reflect on that dinner and it's just funny, the serendipity of life, but it was the most one of the first dinners in a long time where I also put my phone down. And before I sat down, I said to my little sister, let's pretend Nan's a stranger and let's ask her new questions as if we don't know her. And I think often we, I know I I continue to have to check myself, but we often, the people closest to us, we don't actively get curious to discover them newly. And I learned so many new things that night about my Nan and because of that experience, we now have conversation starters on our product. And then we have one question on our seasonings and our sauces, which was prompted and inspired by that night. And I feel like 
part of nannies on every product, which is, yeah, it's really special. And um, yeah, family and food will always be part of Mingle's mission. Yeah, I love that. Um, thank you for sharing that story with us. I heard that story. I can't remember where I heard the story. And it just reminded me, and perhaps, you know, for you, it was that moment in time where you went, yeah, this is where I need to be right now. But I think even retelling the story just reminds people, pick up the phone, get in touch with your family. I mean, COVID is hard normally, <laughs> but, you know, there's still ways to connect. Yeah, and connection is so important. I I currently um, live with one of my friends who's gone through a difficult two years and quite a horrible divorce, and I have seen just little shifts in the family prompted by dinner time, prompted by us bringing out, we now have talking cards and we've just created a safe space for the kids to have conversations about things that they're dealing with or things that they're uncomfortable about. And I think having a meal in front of them also gives them, it gives them a reference point, but also once again, like it's a vehicle to connect with them and almost like a distraction for them to actually then speak their truth. Yeah, we, um, I mean, we're one of those families that still sit around a table. So I feel like that's a bit dinosaur, but I love it because I just think it helps us connect. And I've got three daughters and the littlest one is seven. And we go around the table, we'll make it a competition. What are you grateful for? What was the best part of your day? And what was the kind thing you did for someone else today? Emma, that's amazing. Yeah, it's super cute. I got it. I, um, my favorite book is The Five Love Languages. Have you heard mm-hmm. of it? Yeah, yeah I have. Yeah. Uh, so, and you can do it for the workplace. There's like affirmations for the workplace and stuff as well. But I, when they're so little, it's hard to figure out what is their love language. Like my seven-year-old is totally a quality timer, right? She cannot get enough no matter how much I give her. But it's really great to listen to what they, the best part of the day. It gives you really interesting tidbits into Oh, so that was the best part of your day. That's interesting because we've done all these other things. <laughs> and yeah, your best part of the day was that, <laughs> you know, and I think it reminds us to be grateful as well. But it also, I want us to just be kind and kindness and generosity are the two values that run through my business. And so my daughter has zero chance of missing out on those two things. But um, I think it's the meal, to, if I could bring back dinner time together conversations people are so busy and i think one of the silver linings of covid is that people are home more often so they can do more of those things together there's not a lot of silver linings to covid but Uh, anyway i I agree and that's really mingle's mission and my and my personal mission is i've seen it now in multiple families and i think you also need to just acknowledge yourself of the compounding that that would have on your kids because i now look back and i thank my parents because they we had a similar dynamic and dad would turn off despite how busy he was he would turn off the tv and he'd ask me how my day was and i now reflect and go that's why our family is also still so tight and um communication means a lot to me because dad set that tone every every day yeah what an awesome family you have. My final question, and I've texted my husband to see what his favourite flavour is, so I'll tell you both of ours in a minute, uh, but you're not ready to settle down anytime soon. It sounds like you're super ambitious, but what's the next stage for Jordan Evans and what's the next stage for Mingle because they might be two different things too. Yeah, so for Mingle, at the moment, securing 15 products into Woolies is quite a lot and as much as we have ambitions to look at other categories, it's to focus right now and do something well. 
and yeah, solidify the foundations. So for the next year, that's the focus. And then, yeah, the team in the background are developing new and exciting products. My future lies with Mingle, but I think what I shared, I think living now with a mum and Mingle's customers being about 65% mums, I've just gained a whole new world and insight into, and I love my dad and I don't want to preface that I think every parent has a role, but I just have gained even a greater appreciation for mums and what they juggle and the influence and If they're empowered, the household is empowered. And so my ultimate goal is to start supporting mums in their business ventures. And I hope Mingle can start, we'd love to call it like a mum cubator, um, (laughs) to start a mum cubator. And yeah, I've had the privilege of being part of a few incubator programs. And I, I also know that I wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't for community and and people supporting me and the wisdom that other people have shared. So if we can empower more mums, we have more empowered households. And I've seen that transformation with my friend um, and I'd love to do it on a greater scale. Yeah. And uh, I used to work at World Vision. Mm, awesome. I did 12 years at World Vision. And it's so true when the female population is empowered and given the resources that they need, then they can have a greater impact on their village, on their community. And so we've, we know the model works, right? So um, I love that. Tell me, if someone's listening to you and they're thinking about jumping, starting something, what would you tell them? Jump. <laughs> jump but don't get burnt out yeah. <laughs> please look after your health but, um jump and I think the biggest thing is what I shared is reach out to communities and there's so much wisdom out in the world if you ask the right questions don't be afraid to like ask the people that have already done it and I think that's held me in good steads is accelerator programs startup obviously with COVID co-working environments are a little bit difficult but the power is in I am a big believer of you also need to know things but I am a big believer of the saying it's it's not what you know it's who you know yeah yeah that doesn't change after time does it Mm. now I'll tell you what do you think my husband's favorite is what do you think? Um, uh, it's, I, it's super obvious when, like, when I said every text was, "What's your favorite?" He went, "But I'm like, oh, of course it is." <laughs> well, based on that, I'm going to say garlic and herb. Oh, smoky. Oh, yeah. there you go. That's a bit left field. Yeah, there smoky. you go. Nice. And mine is Moroccan. Moroccan, love yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I do like the all-purpose, but I was like, oh, I can't just say all-purpose. <laughs> The all-purpose is a, is a good all-rounder. But, um, yes, I would love to hook you up with some sources. Um, yeah, and thank you so much, Emma. I really appreciated this. Oh, thank you for coming on. I think that it's amazing what you've been able to achieve in five years. Five years isn't actually a lot of time. And um, we wish you all the success. And I know that you'll be betting things down with Woolies, but we can't help wait to see how you can grow. And please come back in a few years and tell us where you're at. And also I would love to do whatever I can to support you. So whatever that might be, you might get off and go, oh, I wish you could do this. And then I can pull it out and show you. <laughs> Thank you. I was very chuffed that you even sent me a book. Like I, you said that you live by generosity. And I think it's those one percenters and those little things that makes an ordinary person an extraordinary one. So you you left a mark on me even just by sending me. Oh, that. thank you. I hope you have time to read it. And if you don't, Secret Squirrel for those listening, might be out in your ears next year. 
Just saying. Oh, I know. Ooh, hot off the <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thank you so much, and please stay a friend of Emma McQueen's and um, Team McQueen, and we can't wait to see what you do next. Awesome. Thanks, Emma. That's it for this episode of Tea with the Queen. If you love this episode, let me know. I would love to hear from you. And you're very welcome to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to contact me directly, all my details are at my website, emmamcqueen.com.au. I look forward to your company next episode. I'm Emma McQueen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.